Hey, Tony, I like video games. Well, hello there, Jake. I like video games, too. And this is a brand new episode of Hey, I Like That Game. <laughs> hey, I like a hey, I like that game. That's it. That is pretty That's, good. That is, yeah, that is the intro to the episode. <laughs> it is appropriate, and it is indeed thematic, and it is so good because, oh, man, that's something we'll be able to talk about in just like a little bit here when we talk about this uh, podcast uh, episode, or pod, sorry, this podcast game, is yeah, that yeah. it's got super good music, super good music attached to it. Oh, can't wait, can't wait. But in the meantime, we've got some other games to talk about, Jake. Uh, what have you been playing uh, in the last couple of weeks? Oh uh, yeah, you know a few good, uh, a few good games. So you know, uh, dedicated listeners of the podcast will know that I don't really like play new games a lot. I play the old games quite a bit. Sure. So sure. when you play the old games as often as I do, sometimes get at a bit, a bit of a twist on them. So okay, okay. in that spirit, I played. Resident Evil 4, but with okay. a little twist here that it was indeed in VR. Oh, nice. Yes, I got, I did get the uh, Quest VR 2, no. the uh, new device that was put out by Facebook, aka Meta, aka just a whole, just like three billion rats in a trench coat <laughs> big enough to run. Some multi, <laughs> the multiverse. international <laughs> conglomerate, uh, but they put out a VR device for three hundred dollars that has my favorite game of all time on it. So yeah, I had and, to pick one up. <laughs> and the Quest is the one uh, that has no wires, right? It's a standalone no device. Wires. Yeah, it is yeah, a yeah. standalone device, which is super, super duper cool. Um, I am able to connect it both wired and wirelessly to my computer. Um, I picked up very recently on the um, big, most recent Steam sale, I picked up Half-Life Alex, uh, which I am indeed going to play through my PC. But um, natively, on that Quest VR, I have played my favorite game of 2021, Super Hot VR. I picked Oof. that up and have played it in its, in its completion. Uh, but more Importantly, for I think like fresh criticism on my end, I also picked up Resident Evil 4, which was a, a Quest exclusive VR title that was released. And um, along with the uh, low intro price for this Quest 2, uh, spurred me on to pick it up because I don't, I don't do new video games and I don't do new platforms uh <laughs> even yeah. more less often than I do new games. <laughs> so Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking so good. So still, good. Um still rips. I, still rips. I I think a lot of it was definitely made easier by me having played Resident Evil 4 a lot, a lot, a lot of times because um like, uh, most simply, you can move and shoot in RE4 VR, which makes the game astronomically more easy 
if you are familiar with it. Um, so I have done one playthrough on normal difficulty. Um, I breezed through it. It was it was super easy because I have indeed played RE4 like a dozen times before this. Um, but outside of that, the controls, the playing this game in VR, in that different game mode, uh, was just so cool. Like, I... So I, I had played like a little bit of VR before. The most VR I had played was with our uh, friend of the show, Nessie. I'd played at his place. I'd played like a little bit of RE7, which I couldn't play for a while because it gave me a tummy ache. <laughs> and then I played uh, Super Hot VR, which uh, if you listen to our best episode or best games of the year for 2021, you will know was my favorite game I played that year. Picked it up for myself, played it to completion, still super good, still play it a lot. Absolutely huge fan of Super Hot VR. But anyway, we're here talking about Resident Evil 4 VR. Um, and, like, especially first playing it, especially getting to that village fight at the yeah. very beginning, I got a pretty bad tummy ache. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I could only play for, like, five, ten minutes at a time before I had to, like, turn it off, sit down, get my bearings. Um, but, like, playing through that game more and more, I got more comfortable with it. Uh, the movement of the game, the incorporation of what the VR elements do, being able to move and aim on the fly, having more control over the situation with the movement while shooting uh, was a huge deal. I feel like the difficulty was ramped up. Mm. Uh, I feel like the AI was more aggressive in this playthrough than it has been previously. Um, like, I haven't played that game in professional mode a lot myself, but, like, I played through in the normal mode on Quest VR, and, like, it felt much more aggressive and, like, in-your-face than times I had played that game previously, um, which was needed because it's it's... It is made easier by the by the VR. It, it it is easier to pop off those quick headshots. It's easier to be able to maneuver around, being able to like access and use your knife on the move makes it a whole lot more powerful, which helps you conserve ammo. Um, it's it's a very different game in the VR, but it still like felt super smooth and super familiar and just so fucking fun to play. Um, how does uh, movement handle or how do they handle movement in this game? Is it do you so, teleport or do you have to like move? With you the can sticks? teleport. The action I chose was just like smooth movement using the control stick. Okay. So you have um, the left control stick moves like your body and the right will move your head in I think it was like 45 degree turns at a time. Okay. Um, I played, I just like moved my coffee table a little bit and I had a like a small area where I could basically stand fairly stationary but um, like do full like 360 degree turns mm-hmm. if needed. Um, so in court, Incorporating that range of motion 
for myself, plus like the the degrees of turning with the control stick, um, like I felt pretty constantly in good control of the body in the VR. Um, the the using the guns, like using like grabbing them on your body, the grenade, the knife, the different reload animations that are necessary for each weapon, how you. Uh, like can like pull out a grenade and like yank the pin off to throw it is super cool i mean re4 is a truly phenomenal game and like in vr is is so good um the scenes that are scary like the uh in the sewer scenes of the castle with the little insect guys down there and of course the regenerator scenes still super duper effective uh especially in vr even if you are familiar with it um and like the big monsters that you fight like the el gigantes and like near the end um it they call it uh Mm -hmm. like look super cool in vr and be able to like observe that in the space and move around in the space with it is is so so amazing i uh i want to play that game again on professional in vr um and it's it's definitely worth it it was it was so fun uh to be able to move around like like in late game levels when you have like the automatic shotgun that doesn't need to be pumped and like the semi-automatic sniper rifle like you can dual wield like the pistol, the pistol, like the two-handed weapons, uh, it feels super cool to maneuver, and it makes you feel really badass and neat. But it's still a engaging and challenging game. The environment of it is amazing to look at and explore. It is so lovingly recreated how in three D. How do they handle the quick time events? They have uh, it's like little things you'll do with your uh, joystick. So like, okay, like move both of them to the left at the same time. Mm. Uh, like, kind of like move them up and down like you're running. Uh, there are definitely less quick time events than there are in the base game. They've reduced some of those, um, and they kind of give you more of a prompt That's before good. it happens. That's good. They'll kind of like slow down time and give you a sound cue before you need to do the quick time events. So those are made. Those are made easier. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty much one-to-one recreation of the main campaign of RE4 in VR. And it's and it's good. It's really fun. I had so much fun with it. I had a great time with Super Hot VR. I also picked up another game called um, Pistol Whip, hmm. which is like super hot meets guitar hero it's kind of a it's like a rhythm based shooter a rhythm based first person shooter and that's super fun i've played that the least um but i'm very interested in playing that more i want to play that i want to play pistol whip i gotta play half-life alex um debating if i want to do skyrim vr um but i have i have joined the VR stage of gaming, and there are some pretty damn cool games in that. Um, even if I've never touched my quest again, I think it was it was 
it I, was worth it with those few games and i'm super super jazzed i got it i i may have to join you in that uh in the near future because i actually had a uh not my first VR experience, but probably my first extended VR experience just a couple days ago this past weekend. My buddy Alex picked up a Quest 2 as well, and we I only played like a, a shooter called uh, Arizona Sunrise, which is just basically like a zombie shooting gallery game. And then I played this other game called Half Half, which was like uh, more like a collection of mini games, more of like kind of a vibe check kind of thing than it was a, a compelling video game. But like... I, I was very impressed with the device in general. So it's like, huh, oh, man, for like 300 bucks, that, that sounds okay. And like we were seamlessly playing multiplayer games like really well. Like my buddy Ruben, who, you know, he's in um, Renton, I think. Uh, so like the connection between uh, us and him was like perfect. And like you don't have to have any other devices. It's like the, the voices are like right in your ear and like you can see one another and interact with one another. Like it was – it's really compelling. So I, I may have to join you in this in this VR um, hellscape uh, here soon enough. Uh, <laughs> like, I haven't played in the multiplayer. Um, and, like, it being 300 bucks for a fully non-cabled native VR machine is, like, a really, really good entry point for this Spectrum. And you can hook it up to your laptop or your computer pretty easily, and you can run more powerful games through your computer like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, also, I agree. Fuck Facebook. Fuck Meta. Uh, absolute dystopian shit. I truly, truly hope that they they fail in their endeavors to make the Metaverse a thing because their version of, like, whatever this fucking Ready Player One future they're envisioning is is uh, uh, not is antithetical to what i want in in this space um so like that's just like how i feel about it but i also i like games and i like playing them and sometimes you gotta dance with the devil for that kind of thing (laughs) but that's just uh, that's where i lie in the whole thing like if if my job asked me to like oh you have a vr machine like why don't you work remote from the metaverse i will emphatically and politely tell them to shove it up their ass but like re4 on the vr is a whole lot of fun and i'm so glad i have that nice nice very cool yeah uh i have some other other games i will be talking about in the future though i haven't played them as much as i have been able to my vr games obviously but tony tell me a little bit about what you've been able to play in these last uh last few weeks Cool. Yeah. So, um, just a couple of things. Um, first off, Windjammers Two, baby, it launched. Hell yeah. Um, I love it. It's great. Windjammers Two has been a shit ton of fun. I've played it with a lot of people at this point, and like trying to introduce people to the game, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've seen online some people having struggles, like connecting to some games or having bad connections or quality. I haven't experienced any of that. I've had nothing but really good experiences with it. Um, you know, it's, it is the wind jammers that you know and love, but with some added mechanics, some new characters, new courses or new, um, courts to play on. But it's, it's that game that you love just with a little bit more stuff to it. And I, I like that a lot. Do I wish there was more in the game in terms of like teaching or like, uh, single player options 
or lobbies, spectating, all that kind of stuff. Like, I wish all that stuff was there, right? But at its core, the core loop of Windjammers is still there. It still feels really good, and I'm having a great time with it. So, hell yeah, Windjammers 2. Um, go out and buy it, everybody, because it's mm-hmm. fucking it was fucking great. And it's on Game Pass. It was on Game Pass day one. So even if you're slightly curious about um, the game, it's go go try it. It's fucking sweet. So Windjammers 2, baby. Um, next, uh, another like kind of short uh, update. Uh, I bought Monster Hunter Rise again. And um, so it came out on PC a couple weeks ago. Um, I had played maybe 50 to 60 hours on the Switch. And... Uh, and I bought it again here because I have, you know, some more friends that bought it on PC, different group of people to, to play with. So I just went for it and jumped into it again. That game's still really fun. Um, I'm having a, a blast with it so far. And it, it looks a lot better on the PC. And that frame rate is so, you know, steady and better on the PC. Uh, you know, it's, newsflash, the Switch doesn't play games great. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a ooh, big surprise there. But yeah, it's it's a really fun experience on, on uh, PC. Uh, if people are, you know, even remotely interested in Monster Hunter, this is a good one to jump into. It's it's never been a better time to play Monster Hunter. Uh, so fuck yeah, it it's great. I started playing Sword and Shield uh, instead of uh, my Insect Glaive, like I usually stick with. Uh, I'm Ooh, yeah. I am I'm still a bug boy for life, but uh, Sword and Shield is a ton of fun. It's really mobile. It's um it's very uh newbie uh friendly because you can use items without putting your like sheathing your your weapon. So it makes for uh, a really interesting experience where you can uh, rebound from mistakes really fast because you you have a, a quicker option to get to your items. But the way that I've been playing it is as like a heavy support type character. So I bring a lot of powders with me, you know, defense, offense, healing. And then um, building out my character to have like prolonged item effects, wider ranges. So when I'm in the fight with people, I'm doing you know a lot of like stun damage, knocking stuff over, mounting the monster a lot, and then like you know finding the opportunities to do high damage. But really, I'm just enabling other people to do their best uh, in the hunt, which is you know when I'm playing games, that is the role that I like to be in. You know, the, I like to be the point guard, uh, you know, the mm. the glue guy on a team, uh, and that you know Sword and Shield really um, enables that for me. And I've been having a great time with it. Uh, they also like dumped all the events and stuff that was on the Switch version instantly into the PC version. So I got Rush as like my dog. Like you can get a layered armor. So like fucking Rush from Mega Man is my dog. Oh shit. Uh, I have a, a layered armor that is Akuma from Street Fighter V that has like unique animations because I'm using Sword and Shield. So like the uppercut is like his super move from the game. Oh, and like shit. it's dude, it looks sick. It looks really, really sick. So uh, I've been having a blast with that. But yeah, turns out Monster Hunter still real good. Uh, so, so there's that. Who'd have, uh, who'd have known? Right. Tony loves a Monster Hunter game. Who the fuck uh, saw that? <laughs> who saw that coming? Um, the new game I want to talk about and, and, and news and, and quotes here. Um, so I picked up Dark Souls Remastered on deep discount uh, oh. a couple of months ago. 
And okay. I, was, I was finally like, you know what? I, I want to see what all the hype is about Dark Souls. Oh. I have played, you know, some Bloodborne. I've played some of the other, you know, Dark Souls games for like really sn- short snippets. Actually, with you, you were like the first person I played any of those games with. Yeah, and, I remember. Yeah, and I was really frustrated by it. And um, I think the short answer is, hey, I like this game, but fuck you, I quit. Um, like, oh. <laughs> so... So I went a Wanderer Dext build. So I had the Scimitar as like my opening weapon with the small shield. Uh, I I was having a really, really great time with it. You know, it is frustrating. You know, it is very hard. But like uh, the boss fights are really great. They're really tough, but they're really great. You learn a lot through every boss fight. It's like you learn new lessons through every one. Um, the, The world building is like stellar and like... Uh, the fact that you can kind of just go wherever you want from the beginning and it, it, it only kind of loosely tells you where to go or what to do. Uh, I, I was struggling with that at first. And the fact that like, there's no map, like at first I was like really kind of struggling with it, but it forces you to, to learn the levels, learn the landscapes, uh, really interact with the level design uh, on a level that I don't often have to do uh and and i i was really enjoying that a lot and i was really enjoying the exploration of areas that maybe i shouldn't have been in yet but there's good loot in there but a part of the fun of these games is any loot you pick up you retain but if you die you lose your souls right if you don't go back to your corpse to pick up your souls um you'll lose those right uh, but I was getting really good at, you know, like I'm going to sneak into this area here to pick up some items and get some like really good shit um, and then die and be like, ah, whatever. Like I, I made it deep. I was able to, to like skirt past these these enemies. Or I was able to kind of cheese a, a really strong enemy here to get something yeah. cool. Like, like I lost I, a thousand souls, but like I got a really great sword out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, I was having a blast with that. Absolute blast with that. Um, it's that sense of exploration and wonder is, is there. Uh, the variety of items and play styles in the game is like really, really awesome. Like better than I was expecting. Like every weapon feels super duper different and you have to approach combat situations, you know, with a, a whole new lens when you switch weapons or try something new. Uh, like, you know, some of the stats and, and stuff like that are a little esoteric, uh, but you know, whatever it, it, you just have to kind of pay attention to what you're doing. You can't just put points into whatever you think feels good. You know, you have to like be intentional with all that stuff, which I think is like a great design point. Um, I purposefully went into this game, not looking at a guide. Cause I, I just wanted to like figure stuff out in the game. I wanted to like, you know, understand a little bit more, you know, I was completely in the dark, uh, with a lot of it. And, uh, that ended up being like a, a shitty uh, part of the game for me. Um, so the thing that broke me was uh, some of the, the pathing and routing in this game can get really fucked if you are very persistent, which I am. Um, so I was able to get into the, the tomb of the giants or what is it again? Yeah, I think it's like the tomb of the giants, but it's um, a really high level area, very difficult, very high level uh, and I got there at like level 22 by, you know, sneaking around enemies, figuring out like pathways to like get around folks and like only fight the stuff that I really needed to and kind of uh, bumble my way to like the end point of that section of the game. Well, it's a hard dead end if you don't have a specific item. 
And to get to that spot, you have to basically go through this completely dark cavern with really, really strong enemies and like all this stuff. And when I found out that it's like, oh, I'm just at a dead end here. I was like, you're telling me I have to run all the way back through all this shit. I was, um, I came to find out that there is like some fast travel built into that game, but you don't Mm -hmm. get it to like way later. And I was like, well, fuck man. Like this, this is, this is fucked. Like I'm not going to be able to get back through this stuff. I can't progress forward. I'm kind of screwed here. And it's like, that was a little too frustrating. Um, I really, I really did not like that. Um, you know, that edge case wasn't, uh, explored, uh, and, and, uh, taken advantage of, I guess, or I took advantage of something that, uh, that kind of fucked my game, which sucks. And I know that's my fault, but at the same time, it's like, I, I'm not going to waste another 20, 30 hours, uh, playing more of this game or like trying to troubleshoot my way back through the dark. And I sure as hell wasn't just going to straight up restart the game and play and, and start from the beginning. Uh, right. maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that in a couple of years because I do, like I said, this is a, Hey, I like that game, but like, it's, there, uh, wait, sorry, wait, so this is a dark souls game. Is this, this is dark souls. Like the most recent remake that was just made. The Dark Souls remake, yeah. So the very first Dark Souls game, that remake that they put out on PC, that that's what I played. Um, okay. So like, I I'm, it makes me very excited for Elden Ring because I I, I want to do a similar thing where I go into it blind. I don't want to be looking at guides or anything. Right. Like like, that. I just you're I wanna ex- you're on the record as Elden Ring, like jazzed. Like you're yeah. really psyched to play that game. But like you, as far as I know, to date have never completed. No. A Soulsborne game, yeah? Nope, nope, never have, never yeah. have. Um, I, I'm excited for it. I get it now. Like, I get why people say this game is is truly excellent, and I and I agree on a lot of fronts. But like, the things that frustrate me the most about this game is, oh, I am missing a couple of things that you know maybe they rectify in in sequels that follow it up. Maybe it is, uh, you know, things that weren't quite established in, you know, modern video game design. And some of that is like part of it. And like, there's a lot to love in this game, but I just got really frustrated with some of the things. So I just, I, I I bounced, but Mm -hmm. I'm very, I, I am very, very excited for the opportunity to jump into something fresh and new, uh, in Elden ring, especially because it looks like, you know, the way that that game is designed, uh, that exploration is going to be like the heart and soul of the game, you know, like it's an open world quote unquote um, from software game. So like that is very yeah. intriguing to me because the thing that I liked about this game was the exploration. So I, I I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, Hey, I like dark souls, but you know, fuck you. Um, which is the I think that's the ethos of that's, that's from soft games exactly <laughs> yeah. how I feel about them and like kind of what I feel about Elden Ring too where I think um like Dark Souls three was the one I've played the most I probably had like maybe a dozen hours in that game I don't feel like I've like progressed far in that game but that's the one I've played the most mm-hmm. and all of them love the world building I love where you end up the enemies you face are so amazing and mm-hmm. those designs are intricate and terrifying 
and like not just like scary and like some you know like Cthulhu in way kind of like um or Lovecraftian way kind of like in uh Bloodborne but even just like the normal enemies because of the difficulty of that game they're they're really freaky and the atmosphere it makes is so great and yeah exploring that world feels just like you're delving into this hostile oppressive but like so interesting and lovingly created world and being able to kind of get that aspect of seeing what's being uh, created in a from software game but just a bit more uh, freedom in moving around where you want to go that's being promised in Elden Ring like I'm I'm right there with you where like I like the Soulsborne games that I've played I've never gotten super far in them because I've gotten too frustrated and bounced off but like I'm hoping that Elden Ring is the one it's the one that like gets all those things together that click in a way that I'm going to be able to like engage with in a way I haven't been able to been able to do in another Soulsborne game. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm very intrigued. And like the thing that I started to really appreciate about uh, dark souls and maybe like just from's from software's uh, design principle. And like, maybe, maybe I didn't get it before, but like, really at its core, they build a world that doesn't give a fuck about you. You know, like the world's going to persist whether you're there or not. And it's not going to give a fuck about you and it's going to be oppressive. So it's just like, you have to slog through it. You have to prove to the game world that you're worth caring about. (laughs) Um, Like, because you're like, you're like a fucking fly or like you're just this little bug that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of this game world and you have to prove to that world that you're worth a damn which is intriguing you know it's intriguing and i feel like my time playing monster hunter prepared me uh a lot for what uh the like the battle system or like the way that the combat works is because like if you're mashing buttons you're gonna get abused you know you have to be intentional about everything and yeah. uh that can get frustrating for folks that are not ready for that um and i know that i get into that mode a lot of times but i'm finally seeing it i'm finally getting why these games people get so into them and yeah i'm excited for what's next uh for sure uh speaking of what's next jake think what's next is a break i think uh, so too uh, <laughs> Uh, All right, folks, uh, stick with us after the break. Uh, We're going to talk about NBA Street Volume 2. It's going to be a real slam dunk. (laughs) Just like the transition. (laughs) (laughs) He's on fire.
back. Welcome to Hey, I Like That Game, where we are talking about NBA Street Volume 2 on this here episode of the podcast. Mm. Uh, Tony, this was a game I played uh, uh, really when it came out. Uh, I knew a few people who had bought or like rented because this was around the renting time of games Mm -hmm. um the first nba street and this is about the time that um ssx tricky was really like a big a big game that like a lot of like a lot of my friends at least really loved and that um was one of the first uh ea big titles that had come out which was like big like this offshoot, because like EA, like at that point was like the Madden games, was like the NCAA uh, football, basketball games, like that. Like that's what EA was really known for. Simulation EA... sports. Yes, and EA Big was when they went kind of into the arcade manner of that. Um, really, initially with SSX Tricky and the first NBA Street, um, and those were the first forays. I played them. Uh, the people who bought those games, like my friends who bought those games, uh, liked them. I had like rented those games. Like those were huge. But NBA Street Volume Two was the one that, like, we all got. Like we were all really psyched about, like, because we knew about it at this point, and we had played NBA Vol- Street a few times here and there, and like had loved it. So like we got this game we all love this game this was like a staple of my multiplayer and like single player uh gamecube diet uh mm-hmm. this was a huge game for that and you know really played it a whole bunch and had dropped off my map for a long time i don't really play sports games uh, rarely in arcade sports games, usually usually the the Mario ones, but not something like this for a while. Um, so I wanted to come back, see see how it felt, see if it was still a good game, because uh, yeah. this was really one that this was this one at least to me felt like a smash hit for EA, yeah, like totally. it really crossed that. Um, like NBA simulation sports crowd with that, you know, Mario Super Soccer Slammers or whatever it was called. Sega uh, Soccer Slam! <laughs> like that arcade sports crowd. You know, I had played NFL Blitz 2000. Like that was my sports game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Street Volume 2 felt like the GameCube, PS2, Xbox version of that. Yeah. At the time. Tony, what was your history with Street Street 2? So, uh, very similar to what you were saying, like, um, I've played, I I love, like, the arcade sport genre. Like, I I have been playing these type of games for as far back as I remember. Uh, I I love this kind of stuff. Uh, You know, Hockey, soccer, basketball, football. You know, I, I love Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey, NBA Blitz. You know, played all the uh, NBA jams, NBA hang time, uh, you know, Super Mario Striker, Super Mario Tennis, golf, all that shit. I, I love these type of games, like, so, so 
so much love for these. Um, and like you said, uh, SSS Tricky kind of opened up the doors to, to EA making, you know, really cool arcadey uh, sports games. I, I was super into this. I had this on my GameCube as well. Um, sports games were kind of like how I talked about in our Sega Soccer Slam episode. Sports games were like a lot of the stuff that me and my brother played together. Um, you know, my brother was in college at the time when this game came out. So, you know, he was playing this with his buddies all the time. Like this is one of his staples, uh, you know, that in like a Tiger Woods, like they played that shit all the time together. So like when he would come home for, you know, visits or on holidays, we'd be playing NBA street and he would be like whipping my ass and stuff. But like, it, it was, it was always like a shit ton of fun. Uh, I, I NBA street volume two, wasn't like my favorite arcade sports game like that still to this day is it's probably super mario strikers you know the soccer super mario one like i i absolutely fucking love that game but this game fits a very similar uh you know slot in like my my love of gaming where it's you know it takes the fundamentals of the sport that it's you know emulating but adds you know a a special meter to it. It adds like a lot of unique flair to it. But the thing that really captured my attention about this game in particular is the history that it brings in, you know, like basketball is such a unique sport. It's such a cultural touchstone, especially for, you know, uh, us as Americans, uh, basketball is like one of like our, you know, biggest sports in this country, you know, outside of, you know, baseball, but Man, I I love that this game has such a um a focus on the legends of the game as well as, you know, the 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 current players, you know, as in uh, of, you know, 2003, but there's all the legends that are in the game as well. And then on top of that, all these historic locations throughout the country where, you know, basketball is played on these, you know, uh playgrounds and, you know, um parking lots and you know it Mm -hmm. it feels like such a love letter to this game that uh so many people have a connection to from uh from their childhood it's it's really it's really special like that and i'm glad you picked this game because i hadn't thought about this game in, in a very long time and immediately when starting it up i i just got washed over with this sense of just straight nostalgia but like really good feelings it's it this is a fucking feel good video game um it's really good it's really good so uh to kind of set up what this uh you know the basic of this game is it's a three-on-three arcade basketball game You you have a trick system like this uh this era of um of like American culture was really, you know, when, uh, you know, the and one mixtapes and all like the street basketball stuff doing crazy tricks. Uh, that was like big in our popular culture. So that's like built into this game where you can do tricks that build up your game breaker media, uh, meter that, uh, allows you to, you know, make a unblockable shot that gives you more points. will take points away from your opponent. Um, this game kind of adds a uh, another layer to that where you can do a level two game breaker, which is like instead of one player doing like a really cool shot that's unblockable, the whole team gets like involved in it and does like a little cutscene of it, uh, which is super fun. But you can also 
uh, leverage that to cancel out your opponent's game breaker. So it adds a little bit more uh, strategic depth there. Uh, but but yeah, at the end of the day, it's three on three basketball with like playground rule scoring. You know, like it's uh, you know, uh, I, I love that you played a twenty one right uh, for the most part. Uh, twenty one win by two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that because that's how we played in the like on the playground. You know, like that. It has that that real vibe of like you know playground basketball. You know, this is the shit you grew up playing. This isn't what you're seeing in the NBA. This is uh you know your first basketball touch point, which it, which I loved. I absolutely loved that. Like what you were talking about with like basketball, what it means, like really like evokes how it how it like felt for me especially to play like basketball is um it, like it requires a bit of infrastructure to play uh you know having the space and like hoops to have a court isn't nothing but it, as far as like other sports like football or like i don't know, like hockey or shit like that like it's more accessible than that so like basketball's around but like it's still a communal sport to play and like i would do that with friends like we'd go to like the local the local court we'd play you know sometimes we'd play with some other people like that was a thing it was great and this game i think to me evokes the feeling of what those games felt like yeah. like that level of um like excitement and like a bombast to it, uh, and it's really uh, the game itself is very arcadey, and uh, it it feels like fun and big like that, uh, and I think that's uh, one thing that things that uh, things that resonates uh, the most with this game is that it, it kind of reflects the feeling of playing basketball with your friends uh, as well, and. Yeah. That's what that's what's that's what's really great about this game and that that feeling of this um, and shit like we're just like getting into the menu and that uh, that like saxophone solo from the menu <sighs> song they reminisce over you or they reminisce over you is so oh so good like you should look up the soundtrack for this game it's, it's the soundtrack for this game is incredible and the ea at this time was fucking killing it with their licensed music soundtracks but yeah they reminisce over you is like such a classic old school hip-hop beat it's like it it makes my soul sing i fucking love it it like you know they had Nelly on this, Just Blaze, Dilated People, Nate Dog. You know, like they 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 picked such a fantastic hip hop uh, hip hop soundtrack to this game. And like one of the things that I really like uh, with like competitive games is like you know the music that you tie to it is really it's really important. And, you know, hip hop in competitive games, it's a match made in heaven. You know, it's that, that flow state, you know, you listen to the beat of a rap song and like you get your head bobbing, you like you're, you're feeling the music and like you can kind of shut everything else out and concentrate on the game. I, I love that stuff. Old school hip hop is like the uh, it's like my favorite like flow state, you get like stuff to put on when I'm like in the zone and, and want to like get into a game. It's it's one of the things I really love about like the the soundtrack for like Street Fighter 3 it has that hip hop uh you know flavor soundtrack it, it feels 
so right at home. Uh, you know, like Samurai Champloo, where it has like that hip hop soundtrack mm-hmm. to it. Like it, it feels like it should be there, and it's just I love it. Those musical principles are just pure joy, and they enhance anything that's good around it. Uh, it's it's like adding a little salt and pepper to like whatever you're making. It's like it's it's the spice of life, man. Like I fucking love it. it oh, it's so it's good. great. Yeah, it's and so all the good. stuff in here is very upbeat. It's very joyous. Yep. Yep, it's it's excellent, absolutely excellent. Um, like I was saying before, I really like the the legends and like the history that they put into this game. I mean, like you know, they had like sixty some legends in the game, but you know, like Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, Clyde the Slide Drexler, you know, Doctor J, Julius Irving, uh, Magic Johnson, Pistol Pete Maravich, you know, Isaiah Thomas, Dominique Will, uh, uh, Dominique Wilkins, uh, the Human Highlight Film. Like, it, like I I. I love the legends that they put in there and they give them all their, you know, nicknames of the time, which is like so fucking great. Uh, I love, you know, the old school era of, of the NBA. Uh, I, and it, it's, I love that it's all in this game. And then, like I was saying before, all the different locations across the country that they put in here, you know, several, several different locations in uh, New York, Philadelphia, uh, Chicago or, uh, yeah, Chicago. Um, they, this is still at a time when the Seattle supersonics were a thing, uh, in the NBA and, you know, going through the different courts, I found the court at green Lake that I used to walk by all the time. I lived right down the street from one of these iconic courts that they put in this game. And it's fucking awesome. You know, like it's, it's such a cool thing to be like, you know, I'm around these, you know, uh, iconic locations in basketball history. You know, um, I also really, really liked this um, era of the NBA too, because it's kind of before it's before LeBron James, uh, before you know, big super teams and stuff like that. So, like back in the day, this is before the Pistons were like uh, world champions. But you could play with Ben Wallace, Rip, uh, Rip Hamilton, Corliss Williamson, uh, Mr. Big Shot himself, Chauncey Billups, which Chauncey I fucking Billups, love. Yeah. Uh, he, he was my favorite. Chauncey was always my favorite. Um, but like Jalen Rose is in this game. Fucking Dirk Nowinski, uh, Steve Nash, Jerron Howard, Yao Ming, uh, Shane Battier, Gary Payton, fucking Kevin Garnett when he was still on the Timberwolves, Jason Kidd. Uh, Mutombo, Mukimbe Mutombo, uh, Sean Kemp, uh, Antonio McDice, uh, Grant Hill, fucking AI dog, Alan, Alan Iverson, like, uh, Rashid when he was still with the, uh, Portland Trailblazers, like oh, Vince, yeah. Vince Carter in his fucking prime, uh, um, Michael Jordan on the Wizards, like, fucking, mm-hmm. uh, it, I love this era of the NBA. This is when I was like paying the most attention to basketball um, because, you know, in in two years from this uh, or no one year, the next year, the Pistons won the championship. Um, Excellent. Absolutely excellent. I, I, I really, really liked um, all the, the real players that they brought into this game. And like I said, I love the history. I love the history that's in this game. Uh, So good. I, it was great. Super great. Yeah. Like, the, like same f- for you. This was when I was the most interested in uh, uh, NBA, I think, because of the, that Pistons team. It just it hits it hits like that moment really well. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
I also say that, uh, you know, there's several game modes in this game where you can play with you know, your current players. You can play with legends. You can create a character and then go through kind of like this, like, quote unquote story mode. But it's just like, you know, just a series of of games that you're playing, really. Um, and building up like your your small street team into, you know, a legend of your own, which was great. Like, I love being able to make my own player. I, I made one that looks shockingly close to what I look like, uh, which was fun, <laughs> which is really fun. Um, what were the, the, your stats? I, I go all shooting and handles for the most part because I'm a point guard. You know, like I was saying with Monster Hunter, like that that's like my role on a team is like I want to be able to shoot from the outside and I want to be able to like ha- do handles and passes and stuff, set up other players to do stuff. But like I'm not driving to the hole or, or trying to get rebounds or anything like that. Like I'm more setting up other players to to do stuff. So that, that was kind of like my uh, my way of playing the game. What about you? Uh, I was all all shots, and I was all blocks. Oh, because uh, if you max out your block stat, you can pretty pretty easily block like not not a ton. It's not like absolutely broken, but like blocking's really maybe strong in this game. A third, a third to like one half of the shots that go up, you're able to get in front of and block if you have that highest block stat. Because there's yeah. no there's no goaltending in this game because there's yeah. no fouls like that. Yeah. So yeah. somebody hurls up a three, and my tall, strong, long-armed boy jumps up in front of it and like swats yeah. it away on the uh, down arch. Like, it's great. That's just that's just a block, buddy. Yeah. And um, since it is uh, non-traditional scoring, uh, anything in front of the three-point line is one point. Three point uh, works as two, so it, instead of it being like a, a factor of two to three points, it is a one to two points. Long shots are more valuable, so you put more more points in the shots. You throw up the you throw up the threes. Yeah, uh, that was kind of my strategy. It was just like I could I could fuck around with the other team a bit more on defense, try to get steals, stuff like that. Or I could just yeah. put my big boy in front of the hoop, try to swat away whatever comes in front of me and then hurl up a three after, you know, getting two of the enemy, uh, opposing team to jump on a pump fake. So like, I, as you might be able to tell, like it, with a pretty one, two punch strategy, your create a character character can, can go far. Yeah. Totally. One of the other things that I really appreciated about the, you know, create a character, the become a legend mode is that you can put women on your team, you know, yep. and they're, and they're good. Like they're, they're really there. good. They're, it's and not it's, a thing. They're just, it's like, not a fucking thing, right? Team. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that may seem like no big deal, but like at the time, like pretty much unheard of, I would say, you know, like, uh, it was a really good step. And something that I'm not sure anybody expected, but everybody appreciated, you know, like mm. it, it, you don't need to make a big deal about it. Cause it's not a big deal, but like the fact that you could play as a lady in the game, you could have ladies on your team and they were just as good, if not better than any of the guys. Like, I really appreciate that. Um, and like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't want to say it's like forward thinking because like, fucking what, like, fuck sexist bullshit right but like at the time like you didn't see this you know you didn't see this kind of stuff to that feeling of just like you're just like playing pickup basketball too exactly it's like you know game 
respect game, right? Ball don't lie, right? But like, <laughs> fucking, yeah. like, if you can ball, you can ball. It doesn't matter who you are. Just like prove yourself on the court, you know? Like that's that's why I love fighting games. It's like that same sort of mentality. It's like I I don't care who's on the other side of that controller. Like you show me who you are when you're playing the game, <laughs> you know? Like, like that's. Uh. Chun-Li, they have lady fighters in this game. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who gives a shit, right? It's like, just play the fucking game. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, I'll also say that I really, really liked that they had the street school in there. It's a really good tutorial. It goes through, kind of breaks down all the different elements of the game. It will have a, a both written and a really short gameplay example that you have to perform to kind of move on to the next thing. They give you a little bit of like currency or whatever when you complete the entire tutorial. It's this isn't an ideal tutorial uh, in a video game. I feel like absolutely love it. Uh, it, it was really good. I, I was surprised by how in depth that went, and that it didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, it explained the parts of the game that you needed to know, but didn't uh, didn't like data dump you with stuff, which I really liked. I, like uh, now that I kind of you know work in games and work in learning systems, like it's I was really glad to see that this was in the game. Uh, and it was as good as it is. Um, I'll also say that I like uh, the iconography in the game, uh, especially with the colored symbols that are around your player. Like when you select a player and you're taking a shot with them, uh, it'll they color code it to be red, yellow, or green, depending on uh, your uh, chance of making a shot. So if it's red, you're probably not going to make it. If it's yellow, you have a chance of doing it. If it's green, it's going in. Um I really appreciate that, especially like in an arcadey sense. You can you can make those judgment calls yourself. And if you're playing with a team that you don't necessarily know all the players and what they're good at, that's a really easy way to know should this person be shooting or not, you know, in a given situation. Which I, I think that's really smart. Um making it colorbound is not the most accessible thing in the world to do, because if you're colorblind, what the fuck are you gonna do with that? But um I, I appreciate that it was there, you know? Yeah, I I think a lot of the animation of the game makes things sort of, sort of unclear. So any way that the game can kind of make its systems a bit known is nice. There were a few aspects of this game I didn't completely understand, like when you dunk versus when you just, like, shoot or, like, do a layup at the hoop because uh, yeah. we haven't really talked at all about the mechanics of playing basketball in this basketball game. So far, it's mostly <laughs> been stuff around it. Um, but so it's a, it's a um, first 21 points, win by two. Uh, dunks and uh, two pointers are worth one point. Anything past the three-point line is uh, two points. You can... Uh, earn points by performing tricks, comboing into to dunks and steals and other stuff like that to earn uh, game breakers is what they're called, which is just like a big swing. Okay, then like it basically gives you an automatic shot that will give you points and deduct points from your opponent. Uh, so there's an incentive to engage with the tricks system, try to fake out the opponent, uh, get good uh, defensive plays to combo into fast breaks that'll result in sick dunks that give you more points that will give you that game breaker sooner which allows you to you know then have a big turning point in the game um 
Yeah. And like the trick system like is kind of complex and like the button presses you need to do and the amount of like kind of variety that's there. And some of it depends on what your character stats are, what they can do in the game. But Mm -hmm. the amount of times I went, oh, damn, while playing this game was like unreal, you know, like making making somebody miss or making somebody like fall over by like doing a trick or something like that or like shooting like a fadeaway jumper in somebody's face and just like nailing that shot. Oh my God. It feels so good. And it's a great risk reward too. Cause if you're trying to string together a bunch of tricks and are getting cocky to build up that game breaker meter faster, people could just shut you down. Like, Oh, I stole the ball from you. You get nothing, you know? So like, that's a good, it's a really good risk reward mechanic built right into the game. Yeah, I had a good time playing in the game, and I, especially in the, like, make a legend, you know, craft your own team, kind of develop game mode, uh, kind of had this very much one more game mentality, because yep. you can you can wrap up uh, a game of this in, like, 10 to 15 minutes, and, like, yeah, I was just, like, a lot of times, it's like, oh, like, yeah, hell yeah, like, I want to... Do, do one another. more game because then I'll get enough points where I can upgrade my my shots by one. So like I'm just mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna run more one more like because that was that was a good time. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, I I guess like that's sort of like the general ground rules of the of the game itself. But like, what do you have? Do you have any thoughts or notes on Stony? Um, nothing more in the game modes. I, what I'll say, like, kind of the only like big negative that I have about this game in general is that I think. Uh, the controls are kind of shit. If I'm being a hundred percent honest, mm-hmm. like, yeah. um, you know, do performing a lot of the tricks, like they, there's a lot of button combinations there. And the fact that they, there are three different turbo buttons and there are some moves that require you to hold all three turbo buttons. Like that is uncomfortable with my hands. Like depending on the controller you're using, that can be really not great. I played it all on uh, the GameCube uh, controller and like that was okay. But like there was multiple times where I'm like, wait, how many turbo buttons do I have to press to do this one move? And how does this work? And, and like some of that is a function of, you know, I haven't, I didn't spend as much time with the game as I did when I was you know younger and I had more time to play games, but just physically, it's difficult to perform some of these moves, uh, which sucks. You know, like I feel like the game could have been uh, kind of redesigned with different you know, modern control sensibilities with some of this stuff to to control better. It it just points me to, man, I wish there was a volume three. You know, I wish there was another one coming out tomorrow. I'm you know? pretty sure there is a volume three. What? Nobody ever played it. Oh wow! Really? I didn't know that. Uh, let's, let's, let's see. Hold NBA on. Hold the, hold the presses. Because like I. Oh, there is. Oh my god! I don't even remember this at all. Because I I totally agree with you on that. Because there's, it's it's difficult to do a lot of the tricks, a lot of the dunks in this game because it doesn't telegraph to you how to do those and i wish they had told you a bit more like that like because you do have to do almost fighting game button inputs to get those outputs which will give you the most points 
Um, or he's just like, give you the coolest tricks that will shake defenders off of you. Um, oh, I shit. wish they had built that into the game more so you knew it more because then that would make this I think just like a bit more arcadey in that it is kind of like a fighting game already bit. and it like it button it puts like that sort of add to it in that you can button mash and just do the easy inputs and just spam them out to try to get lucky and get open and that will work or can you can learn all the cool shit and like make it so you can do two game breakers in a game to give your character creator more points and to allow yourself more more swings. There's a depth in here that I wish was made more apparent and was kind of like taught to you what you could do other than just the computer doing neat shit that you're not sure how to recreate. Yeah, and I think a lot of that stems from just you know the controls not being ideal. Uh, you're totally right. There was a volume three. I totally forgot that this game existed. The craziest thing is that the GameCube version had Mario, Luigi, and Peach in it, and they look just like they're like very Nintendo. Dude, did you play this one. I know. I'm so Fuck, mad dude. At myself. This looks Fuck. crazy. This looks crazy. I like. I feel like I did play this game, and I just didn't. I I completely forgot that this existed. But to go back to my point before, I want like I would love a new one of these type of games, you know, with with some new, you know, modern design principles uh, you know, attached to it. And I think I think it could be a ton of fun. I think it could be a ton of oh, fun, yeah. but but who knows if there's a market for that? Or there like maybe this does exist somewhere like in the indie space or you know, tucked into a game mode of uh of an NBA 2K or whatever, like something like that. Like maybe it does exist and we're, and we're just not in the loop enough, but you know, playing this game again, just reminds me that man, I, I miss the heyday of arcade rosters and stuff like that. Like there's gotta be, there's gotta be a market for that. Yeah. But I don't even know if I want modern rosters. I want the fucking legends. I want these players. I want the the nostalgia. I guess like that's probably different. Like getting Michael Jordan's likeness, in 2003 when he was actively in the NBA versus now where like fucking EA would have to give him 200 million dollars so probably more like 20 million dollars fucking to capitalism get, ruins to get everything again the, yeah that's capitalism right <laughs> ruining everything even our remake of NBA Street god damn if, it if Bernie Sanders was president we had NBA Street <laughs> volume 4 <laughs> this game or this podcast took a very left turn <laughs> this this podcast took a hard left turn <laughs> uh but But, yeah i i think that's uh, i'm not like placing blame but it's a difficult thing with uh more more modern games uh and this is this is a cool game and it incorporates a lot of great stuff about this uh i don't know like late uh, like silver age or like bronze age, whatever you want to call it of NBA <laughs> that was in the early aughts yep. that really resonates with us. This yep. recreates it spiritually in a way that simulation games don't. Yep. hundred um, percent. I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh, this is a hundred percent. a Hey, I like that game for me. Oh, yeah. 
Like, like no doubt. Honestly, the soundtrack alone is a, Hey, I like that game. And like divorced from everything else in the game. Uh, like we had talked about, the only negative I can say about this game is that, um, it, I don't like the controls in a lot of cases, but that doesn't take away from the, uh, the joy that I had playing it. And, you know, it was an absolute delight coming back to this. And Jake, I really appreciate you uh, using this as, as one of our uh, podcast episodes. So cheers to you for picking a good one here. Aw, thanks buddy. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, Hey, I like that game for me too. This one just felt, felt a whole lot of fun to play. Um, both because of the mechanics of the game itself and everything, everything surrounding it was, was a great time. And, uh, I think worth revisiting. We never really talked about the graphics. They're fine. They're fine. Uh, faces are a little game QB, but as is to be expected, uh, yeah. that's like really like one of the bigger complaints I can levy up against the game and it, it, it's not it d- a huge thing. It's, it doesn't uh, detract it's, from the experience, no. you know, Super like great. it's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Service. Like what I have written down here is like, it doesn't look great, but it does the job. And you know what? That's, that's all I want. That's all I want here. You know, sounds um, great. Controls. Great. Feels uh, great. Controls aren't great, but yeah, right. I'll, I'll fight you on that one. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. true, true. Hey, I like but, that game. Hey, I like that game. Double. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, Jake, That's do you want to three pointer of hair like those games? <laughs> <laughs> it's a real slam dunk. <laughs> Just going to keep saying that because I know nothing else. Uh, <laughs> Jake, do you want to know what we're playing next for the Please podcast? Tell me there's been a little bit of buildup about okay. this game. What, has there been? Wait, did we already agree on something? And I don't remember. No, it? no, 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 no. We didn't. You just used kind of like you told me like. Jake. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah I got your you, multiplayer I got working because, like, yes. we're gonna. So we got we have to play to it. We gotta play a little multiplayer for this one. So, um, so a lot of people were introduced to this relationship between Hades and Persephone with the you know uh, aptly titled Hades from two years ago. You know, two like one of our favorite games. You know, both of us loved that game. Um, however, however, real connoisseurs got it from uh, the PSP game God of War: Chains of Olympus. Thank oh, you very do- much. <laughs> Ugh. But we're going we're going farther back. We're going farther back. However, like my first introduction to these two characters beyond, you know, the school textbooks and, and, and all that stuff. Um, my first experience was the 1997 action adventure classic called Herx Adventure. So in the next game, the next game we were playing for the podcast. Hey, I like that game. We are playing Herx Adventure. Jake, you've probably never heard of this game. I'm sure. Nope. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you have never heard of this game, but it is something that um, I've been thinking about for a long time. This is a uh, pretty fun kind of uh, it's action adventure. It's kind of like a beat em up, but there are some like, you know, there's a little bit more depth there. Uh, it is can be played single player, but there's a really nice kind of uh, two-player mode to it. There's three different characters that you can pick from within the game. Uh, we're going to figure out a way to, to play together via Parsec or something. Uh, but yes, the next episode of Hey, I Like That Game, Herc's Adventure, folks. <laughs> and no applause. No, crickets no. everywhere. This, this, 
always happens. I'm like, let's play. <laughs> hey guys, on the next episode, we're playing Halo Three. <laughs> and then, like Tony's like, oh wow, that was a great, you know, blockbuster game that tons and tons of people have played. Like, I've, I'm gonna pick this obscure NES game, Ball <laughs> Pickler Four. <laughs> This is this is how it works, man. I've pl- <laughs> I have played so much shit, and part of this podcast is just for me to be like, Jake, you. I'm going to subject you to all of the stuff that you've never heard of, but I, for some reason, remember very vividly. Um, I gotta, so I gotta make you play some shit. I'm going to make you play some shit that you've heard of but never wanted to play. <laughs> oh, I already know what that. T- I I know what the t- what's at the top of that list. Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jake, where can the folks at home find us on the internet? Well, they can find us at Twitter at Like That Game or on Facebook at the Hey I Like That Game podcast. You can email us at Hey I Like That Game at gmail.com. And then uh, Tony is streaming his Trolley League, League Trolley Tuesdays. That is at twitch.tv slash Hey I Like That Game. Yeah, come roll through for Try Hard Tuesdays, everybody. Uh, even if you're not into Smash Brothers, we have a super fun time. I commentate a, a bunch of the matches. We we just we just sit and have a good time together. A lot of positivity, a lot of laughs. It's mm-hmm. it's a good time. So so come swing through uh, if you're around on Tuesdays. Um, I think that's gonna do it for our episode. Uh, and as always, Jake, live life passionately, love each other unconditionally. And play video games. Thanks, everybody. Have a fucking slam dunk of an evening. (laughs) Yeah. for listening to the podcast uh if you like the show please give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on you know every little bit helps hashtag propagate the pod